Welcome to the Best Kept Secret videocast and podcast from Centricity. If you're a B2B service professional, use our five-step process to go from the grind of chasing every sale to keeping your pipeline full with prospects knocking on your door to buy from you. We give you the freedom of time and a life outside of your business. Each episode features an executive from a B2B services company sharing your provocative perspective on an opportunity that many of their clients are missing out on. It's how we teach our clients to get executive decision makers to buy without being salesy or spammy. Here's our host, the co-founder and CEO of Centricity, Jay Kingley. I'm Jay Kingley, co-founder and CEO of Centricity. Welcome to our show, where our guests share their provocative perspective on what their target market is missing out on. I'm happy to welcome to the show, Vic Dixit, general partner of 369 Growth Partners. 369 GP is a syndicate funding, venture capital, and advisory firm. Vic is based in Houston, Texas, with a secondary presence in Silicon Valley, also known as the San Francisco Bay Area in California. Welcome to the show, Vic. Thank you, Jay. Thanks for having me over. Looking forward to a great discussion. Vic, one of the things that people love to talk about and listen to and read about is what it's like to be an entrepreneur, what it's like to do your own startup, be that founder, achieve glory, achieve riches, all that mythology around the life of an entrepreneur. But what gets much less attention is what about the people that provide the capital, the people who invest in those entrepreneurs and give them the financial backing they need to have a legitimate shot at turning their idea and their dreams and passion into a thriving business. So I want to focus a little bit on the investor side. Now, in particular, I'm not talking about what it's like to work for as an employee for a major private equity firm or a venture capital firm. I'm talking about that solo investor, somebody who, as part of their investment portfolio, would like to do some principal investing in new ventures in entrepreneurs. And of course, one of the challenges of this is it is an illiquid market for the most part. You don't look up online the latest valuation of a private company the way you would a publicly traded company. And information is a lot harder to come by. So Vic is somebody who really focuses on the investment side. I would love to get your take on what does a new principal investor who's going to do this on their own, maybe as a side uh, investment activity, maybe they're now retiring from their day job and fancy that they can become a full-time investor. What is it that they need to be careful of? What is it that you see them make in terms of mistakes? I think it's important that we talk about the venture capital world a little bit so that we sort of set the stage in this discussion. So last year, almost $612 billion were invested globally uh, by the venture capital firm, which is an increase of almost 108% year over year. A lot of investment went into a private market. Now, even after all that investment, 97% of startups fail. Merely 1.5% of those startups actually return your principal. A little over 1% would return your principal for some some um, growth on that. 
and then less than half a percent is what you call the unicorns, you know, and that too, uh, the, the, the complexities around these companies that you invest in. How does an average investor really able to pick these patterns? How is an average investor um, figure out how to invest in these companies and pick the right startup? And that's the challenge that most of the people face. So it's important to understand that. If a new investor with an average investor um, understands the basic uh, part of the market, either it's technology or the business sector, if they have basic understanding and they are really like to, you know, become a part of this future. Well, Vic, before, before you get into what they should do, talk a bit about the mistakes that you see these new principal investors make when they get into this world. The hardest part for an average investor is to figure out what to invest in. And then the second hardest part with that is how to invest in that. There are lots of um, you know startup accelerators out there. There is lots of crowdfunding websites out there. People are looking for your money for seed capital. People are looking for pre-seed. People are reaching out and asking you to invest in series A, series B, what have you. Um, how do you really understand these companies are private? How do you really understand how their performance is? How do you really know what they're doing, what they're not doing? You know, so it's a, it's a pretty risky play for any and average investor. A, they don't have the vehicle to get to these deals. And B, they don't have the know-how or the due diligence needed to be able to understand the complexities of these companies. So it is not as simple as the stock market does, if it makes sense, correct? When you are making investments or bond market or commodities or real estate, you have enough information shared with you. That's not the case when it comes to startup. It's all private, you know, you know and some of these seed companies have great ideas, but they don't have a product, you know? So, so that's where the challenge is with most of the, most of the investing when it comes to startup work. And, and Vic, another thing based on what you said earlier, which is if you're not familiar with the space, I think the success rates are shockingly low. I would imagine a lot of principal investors aren't diversifying. They're going to place, you know, three, four, six investments into their portfolio. And yet not nearly enough, I would think, given the success rates that you see. How much of an issue is they are too concentrated in not diversifying their investments? That's, that's a great point. So one of the things that, that, that is critical, you know, if you look at an average investor, you know, people like all of us, if, 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 in fact, we have a 401k, we invest in stock markets, we invest in commodities, we invest in real estate, money markets, and, and the likes of those. That's typical of what everybody does in, in a normal average investment. When it comes to startup market, it is it is very difficult to understand the complexities of that market. And then it is not it is equally important that you diversify in the startup world as well. You just not to be only technology focused. You could be food focused. You could be cryptocurrencies focused. There is a lot going on in the technology world and in the world of startups. So you have to remain diversified not only from the perspective of where your investments are made and as an average basis, but also when you are making investments in startups. What should you invest in? What, what is the next Facebook going to be? You know, everybody asks the question. So you have to be able to understand the diversified aspect of, of, aspect of this business as well. Not only from the perspective of your overall investment, but also from the diversification of startups. Not so long ago, I was talking to a very established uh, venture capital investor who typically 
comes in in the, if we can say the middle round. So they're not a seed or friends and family, not even necessarily a series A, but definitely a series B and onwards. And one of the things that they said was that how those early investors, how those investments are structured in the agreements make it either an easy company to invest in or love the idea, may love the management, but the way the investments are structured makes it really difficult for a later stage, more sophisticated um, investor to come in. And unlike the stock market where everything is standardized, you're not writing unique custom agreements to in you know to buy shares in Apple it's it's all off the shelf and all that is taken care of in the uh private investment market how you structure the terms and conditions of your investment the protections uh which share class shareholder rights liquidation preferences i could go on and on but getting that not only favorable for you for this round, but understanding how the life cycle of other investors are going to come in and how the terms and conditions that you are demanding could very well influence the willingness of later stage investors come in has always struck me as being very complex. I would think that that is another area where a new principal investor may struggle to understand what to do and how to do it. There is a multi-fold challenge when it comes to a a startup company. A startup company is an idea of few people. They are building something together. Do they have uh, uh, an accounting practice in place? Do they have processes in place? Do they have a CFO in place? Those things do not exist in a startup, right? To begin with, they have uh, they have great idea and they are trying to build something unique. That's their primary objective and focus. And they are looking to either bootstrap or you know look for money from people, uh, investors like like ourselves collectively. And then they are looking for, for um, building that company using that, that capital. Every startup is tend to be inflated right, in terms of their valuation. So understanding the real valuation of startup, understanding the terms and conditions of startup, understanding what you're getting as a result of that um, uh, deal that you're making with them. Are you getting units? Are you getting shares? What is the cost of the equity or share price or stock price they're offering you? Is it a preferred share? Is it a common share? There are multi multi varied uh, uh, you know elements when it comes to you know negotiating or understanding that 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 portion of of the of the world, and it requires not only legal understanding but financial astuteness as well. And, and I think that is another challenge when it comes to startup. So if if I may summarize it, you're looking at uh, an idea that's that's unique and you really like that idea and you want to invest in the idea so how do you get to that investment how do you reach out to the founder or startups and how do you really invest in them once you have that connection there the second question comes is what's the terms and conditions around it you know how do i how do i make sure that i'm getting the best deal out of it the third is Many of these startups are looking for a certain amount to be able to get in, in these startups. We call that pro rata, right? Typical pro rata could be $25,000 or $250,000 of investment needed to be able to get on their pro rata. Pro rata basically means being on their cap table, have your own clear identity on their cap table. All those variables when it comes to startups are complex. And it requires understanding and experience to be able to navigate through that. And not an average investor understand it. Very, very different from a typical startup, uh, so, you know, a stock market or commodity market or, or money market. If you uh, like, you said it's pretty standard there. 
Here it's not standard. Everybody demands their own terms and conditions. So how do you really navigate that is the biggest challenge that most of these newer investors face. So Vic, that's a, a great segue into the next thing I want to talk about. Uh, on one hand, we just spent some time talking about how daunting it is, but there are ways that you can successfully navigate all of this. So let's talk at a strategic level. What do you recommend uh, principal investors, uh, including some who may be getting in uh, for the first time? What is the right way for them to play in this space? What, what is really needed when it comes to an average investor is first and foremost having the interest and the willingness and the and the passion to be able to get into startups. Please understand, startups is a high risk and high return. Sometimes you lose all your money, so startups is that risky. As I already stated before, ninety-seven percent startups fail. You know, so so having the having the mindset to be able to make investments is is the first thing that you need. The second thing that you that you need is is willing to play a long game. You know, if you're looking for a quick return, you know, return within a month or two or a couple of years, um, I would not invest into startups. I would focus on something else, you know, other asset classes. But if you talk about startups, you are you're willing to play the long game. That's the second thing you need. The third thing that you need to think about is how do I partner with, you know, astute investors, people who have done this uh, before. Angel investors, entrepreneurs, people who have been operators in this business and, and have a good sense around uh, all the things that we just talked about, you know, the complexities around investing in startups. And when you, when you work together or partner together with folks like those, form a group perhaps, you know, um, and when you, when you partner with such a group or become a part of the group, your ability to negotiate a better deal for you is also there. Keep that in mind, you know. So startups are looking for uh, you know, quality investors, and they are most of the startups are these days not just looking for money; they are also looking for expertise. So think about the concept of um, you know astute investors uh, into startup uh, people who have experience. Think about angel investors who have been doing this forever. Think about entrepreneurs who are operators who can help uh, you know uh, with these startups. I think so. You need to figure out those three things when you are trying to get into this world. Let's say I'm going to go do those three things. Talk to me about, you know, how as an investor, I'm likely to, to do better by following that advice, particularly given those very low success rates that you talked about at the very beginning of our discussion. So what, what, what are those benefits that an investor, tangible benefits they would see? It's all about the numbers. You know, at the end of the day, you have to see the proof is in the pudding, you know, like, like I said, startups funded by uh, a group of investors. In this case, think about strength in numbers. You know, that's the mindset that we have. Are anywhere from 14 to 23% more likely to survive, um, you know, between one and three years um, and, and grow the employment by 40%. I mean, these are stats that's out there. You know, so that's clearly out there. I'm talking about a group of investors, which includes angel investors, uh, you know, uh, astute investors into startups, as well as entrepreneurs. And of course, your average investor or average Joe is willing to bring their, their uh, you know, intellect in, in the mix as well. Um, these groups can write checks up to $150,000. You know, so it's a pretty decent number in terms of what they're able to bring in. Like I say, typical pro rata for every startup is different. You know, when, you know, an average pro rata investment in a startup is considered around $25,000 where they are looking for you to get in. You know, and I'm talking about seed or series A players, you know, 
um, and, and it varies depending on that. And these kinds of investment can go in seed companies, which which you know you have to play a long game, as I explained before. Or Series A again, you're playing somewhat a long game as well. Um, you know, depending on uh, the growth trajectory of a, uh, of the startup. If you think about venture capital on the other side, Jay, 99% of the deals that they review, they they just walk away from that. They only pick the 1% because they their quest is that unicorn. They want that unicorn. They are hitting that unicorn. They bring in big capital. They bring in big value chain because that's their focus there. Unlike the group of investors that, that I am discussing or we are discussing here, a syndication, if you will, a partnership, uh, an accelerator, um, a, a collaborative exercise, if you will. You know, these people invest up to 30% of the startup they review. That's the state. That's the status, uh, if, if you will. Almost 30% of the startups they invest, unlike a VC, which is only investing in 1% and looking for a unicorn, uh, a group of investors typically invest in 30% of the startup they review. And they are looking anywhere from 20 to 25% their ROI as compared to a venture capital, which is looking for multi-fold, um, you know, um, multi-fold returns. But with, with all that said, Jay, it's important to understand that the, the, the success rate in startup, uh, the failure rate in startup perhaps is very high. So by becoming a part of a group, um, reviewing the deals, uh, investing into the deals that are let, uh, you know, that, that typical VCs walk away from, you know, they, they have a lot of potential, so average of 30%, and expecting a return of anywhere from 40 to 25%, typically three to five, three to seven X, it is the play how some of these uh, operators are playing, some of these, uh, you know, collaborative uh, groups are, are doing. And, and that's where the success lies for how you approach this, rather than just looking for that one unicorn, which is very difficult to find. And if imagine if you invest a lot of money in that unicorn and lose it all, as compared to spreading spreading the, the, the intelligence here in 30% of the deal. So on average, if you look at 100 startups, if a VC invests in one, you would invest an average of 20, 20 to 25 startups. So here your odds are better and how you work with that odds. The game of investing is at the end of the day all about numbers, but I just want to throw a thought or two about the non-number side. I mean, I think uh, it's certainly very appealing, very sexy, if I can use that term, when you're at the cocktail party to talk about how you're investing in all these cool startups. And most people who are in a position to start to invest as a principal in startups have been successful professionally in whatever it is that they have done. And they are used to being viewed as very successful. And I think you've pointed out, this is a very different world. And the thing you've got to be really careful about is that you're used to being the smartest person in the room, but you walk into this room and you think you're smart. But everyone else is looking at you like, there's the newbie, there's the person who doesn't really understand. And if you go down the wrong path, if they don't do what you suggest, then they are going to have to come to grips with they couldn't be successful in this area. And they're going to have that opposite reaction of that feeling of failure, the feeling of embarrassment. Um, and that's not something they're used to. So I think the approach that you're advocating, you know, works not just on the number side, but it also works on the emotional side. Now, let me just move on. And you've put forward, I think, this very compelling way to look at it 
Let's get a little bit more tactical. I'm all in on what you're recommending, but talk to me about what are the steps I need to do to implement this approach? Knowing that there is a risk of loss of some of these seed investment up to 66% and uh, pre-IPO investment up to 21%, pretty high numbers, correct? Um, you know, you need to follow a, a rigorous effort in terms of how you approach it. And I think I already talked about First and foremost, understanding the risk associated with startups. It's high risk, high return, very clearly. So keep that in mind to begin with. You know, become a part of a semi-formal network. Something that's not formal, become a part of a semi-formal network or a syndication. There are lots of syndications out there. You can become a part of that. That includes a lot of investors, uh, people who have a lot of experience in investing, entrepreneurs, like I said, operators, and angel investors. You know, so become a part of the semi-formal network. So that would be one, you know, uh, you know, recommendation there. Learn from their experience. Learn and grow from their experience. You know, because at the end of the day, you have to be able to learn and understand this world better. So learn and grow from their experience. Uh, you know, um, and, and and sort of use the knowledge that these guys are imparting to understand how this world works, uh, how, you know, how, how's the deal flow perhaps work in a, in a startup world or, or angel investing world? Um, how do you go about doing the due diligence and understanding all the terms and conditions or the financials that, that we talked about? Um, you know, they will not be perfect. As you can imagine, these are bootstrapping companies, you know, what do you expect from them? Um, understanding the, the, the legality associated with that, um, you know, understanding the, the segment of market these startups are focused on. So the idea here is to learn and grow from the people that you are associated um, become a part of the investment decision making process which is extremely important why should we invest in this why should we not invest in it look at the pros and cons of your investment i think it's important for you to do that as well pull your funds together there is a cost associated with due diligence with these startups how do you really approach that when you pull your funds together with, with these uh, you know astute investors you are able to now do the due diligence properly which ensures your investor your investment is 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 a good one rather than not a good one correct because due diligence is critical understanding the the elements of, of, of what's needed and last but not the least you know um, jay is monitoring your portfolio you have invested in five startups how are these companies doing go look at crunchbase go look at pitchbook you know try to see what is going on google them for god's sake you know just go there and google them saying hey what's going on with this company are there series a series b how are they raising the funds are they doing good you know are they firing too many people are they you know you know having some pr issues so all these things are out there you have to find you have to be able to monitor your investments. Ask questions. Reach out to the um, to the group of investors and let them reach out. Uh, you know, collectively reach out to the, to the startup founders and say, "Hey, what's going on? Give us more insights into it." So the idea would be that is to put together these few things together in 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 in, in your in your and it becomes more capable for you. Or cap it's your capability, if you, if I may say that, to be able to understand this and think about over the course of several months or years, if you will you will become smart enough to understand the, the world uh, better than you are today. If you are at a stage of life where you have built up enough net worth that from an overall uh, portfolio point of view, you can begin to think about principal investing in the startup community. I think, Vic, one of the things that you've made clear, there is a way to do it that will maximize your success, particularly when you're first getting involved uh, versus being the lone wolf. And when you're the lone wolf, then odds that 
you're going to get this right or slim and none is like they say, and slim is just left town. Thank you for that. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to learn a bit more about Vic. Are you wondering how much longer you have to grind and chase for every lead conversation and client? Would you like clients to knock on your door so you no longer have to pitch, follow up, and spam decision makers? While Centricity's Category 1 program uses a proven five-step process that will help you get in front of the decision makers you need by spending less time doing all the things you hate. It's not cold calling, cold email, cold outreach on LinkedIn or any other social media, or even spending money on ads, but it does have a 35 times higher ROI than any of those things leveraging your expertise and insights at your prospects and network value. The best part, even though you'll see results in 90 days, you get to work with the Centricity team for an entire year to make sure you have all the pieces in place and working so you can start having freedom of time and a life outside of your business. So email time at centricityb2b.com to schedule an 18-minute call to learn more. Welcome back. We're talking to Vic Dixit of 369GP. Let's find out a bit more about Vic. Vic, what I'd like to start is talk about the investors that you work with. What are the pain points that you're solving and why do they need you to get rid of the pain? When you talk about investing, we already spent a lot of time discussing the challenges and the risks and the opportunities around with, with startups and, and the challenges that comes along with it. In, in our world, we focus more on the exits, not just the investments. You know, So we critically focus on what the exit would look like. What is the potential of this particular startup or energy or particular sector that it's focused on or technology it's focused on or, or what's the need for the world of this startup? So we always look for those critical elements to decide, decide does it make sense for us to make these investments? You know, we always uh, sort of scan through the, te the technology world and the business world to understand where the market is heading. What's the next new thing that's where the investment will make most sense? So like I said, we focus on the exit, not just the investment. The investment is, the, is, is not the easy part, but it's perhaps not the most important part. So that's one for sure. We also focus on groundbreaking ideas, like I said. We look for groundbreaking ideas, you know, and we also look at, is it capital efficient? Is the efficiency there with particular startup? Are they bleeding money? Like, you know, we don't want to be in the business where this is pie in the sky and they're bleeding money, you know, so we don't focus on that. We also focus a lot on, uh, you know, um, investor education. So we, we make sure our investors are constantly educated as to why we are doing something, what's the, the target market, who are the key players in it, what's the compact, competition looks like in that market, who's already there, who's already not, you know, what market are we disrupting? So we focus on that. Um, we also focus on providing hands-on assistance and, and, you know, entrepreneurial help, if you will, because some of us are operators as well, to the startups and their founders, because we are invested in their success, because in their success lies our success. That's the idea uh, of what we do there. Um, so again, summarizing it, focus on exit, just not investment. Focus on, you know, the portfolio and how the portfolio is designed. What do we already have in our portfolio? It's the right startup to invest in. Start strong investor education, uh, you know, hands-on, um, you know, entrepreneurial help to the founders. Um, and, and, and last but not the least, finding that next disruption in the marketplace. There's a lot of investors out there. There are a lot of people that run investor syndicates 
focused at the startup market. So Vic, what I'd like to understand is what makes you great at what it is that you do? I will be the first one to, to accept that there are thousands of accelerators out there, millions of um, you know operators out there. You know, they have put together these angel investment groups, you know, syndicate funding groups, go out angel list, look for that. There are people who are doing crowdfunding. So the market is saturated to a large extent. You know, and, and my, my saying that I'm so unique that nobody else is like me is I think is an overkill. I, I don't want to do that. Um, so there is definitely a lot of players out there. But what we do differently is we focus on exits rather than investment, which I, I highlighted it very clearly that that's our focus. Not everybody out there is focusing on exits. They are, they find the next shiny object and they invest it. We are not looking for shiny object. We are not interested in the quantity. We are invested in the quality. So we look for quality of what is this market? Are we invest? So we don't want to go and invest in two startups in the same market segment, you know, because it necessarily doesn't give the bang for the buck. Who's the leader, and and or perhaps who's the second leader, right? We always pick those those points there. Um, like I said, we we look for capital efficiency. If we invest X, what are we getting in return? Are they efficiently using the capital? Are they performing to where they need to perform? Um, do they have clear business models, if you will? They have clear part to revenue um, and to profitability. We look for those elements. Um, uh, even if it's a, it's a steel investment for us, we look for those elements. Right? We always do. Uh, the other thing that I would highlight that, that we have is, is we have a, a combined diversified experience uh, of people. People who have been operators, people who have been executives, people who have been on the technology side, people who have been on the business side, finance side, oil and gas to high tech. Correct. We look look for all those variables, and we do have a team of few people that are clearly bring diversified sort of experience. So diversification in our experience set is critical. Uh, we also focus on uh, a constant monitoring of our portfolio, and I highlighted that previously. Uh, we look for hands-on assistance um, uh, and entrepreneurial help to these startups. So we get involved. We believe in we believe in investing where we can bring value, and I believe these days the startups are looking for value investors rather than investors. There is a difference between the two. Investors who are bringing value to their company is what they are looking for investors because money there is a lot of money out there. The question is what value a particular investor could potentially bring into the startup, which helps the the value of the startup and helps your exit make bigger. And I encourage everybody to go to LinkedIn, look up Vic um, on LinkedIn. You get a sense for his uh, track record, his background, and what has prepared him to do what he's doing, which brings me, Vic, to the last uh, real question I have for you today, which is what has happened to you in your life, be it professional or personal, that would most explain why you do what you do today? You know, so Jay, I have been a passionate startup investor for the last 12 years. And as an angel, I've invested in over 100 startups. I encourage you to go look at AngelList and find me there. I've invested almost 100 startups. I've got around 16 or so exits already. Um, and I, I can say I would be the first one to accept that I have learned a lot, aka learn or, or learning, uh, if you will, uh, from my failures. You know, people learn from their failures. Uh, and I have learned uh, from my failures being an angel investor because when I started, I didn't know anything. I just went about investing into startups that I really thought is great. I'm a technology guy, so I always looked at technology stuff. 
I went into crowdfunding world and I invested through crowdfunding. I invested direct investments. And some of my investments uh, obviously went kaput. And, and some of the other investments uh, certainly are looking very promising as well. So it, for me, I learned over the last 12 years that 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 and understood and have experience in this world of startups, you know, from, from understanding the deal flow, doing the due diligence, understanding the financials, understanding the legality. I mean, I went about doing contract law so that I can understand and read the contracts as well. So after doing all that, I realized that I need to join hands very much what I'm recommending to, to my viewers here, um, that I join hands with other people who are astute investors, angel investors, operators, and entrepreneurs and put together a group of people so that we can invest together. That was the idea of the firm that we formed. We are less than two years old, um, and we have invested in over 25 startups. Um, the, the, um, the combined valuation of those startups, including some of the big names, I'm sure you will go and see on website, is close to $100 billion, which is phenomenal. Um, um, and we have already gotten up to four exits. Very good for four years, uh, you know, two years, two-year-old company, and and we are hovering at little over two x in in terms of our return, you know, return on investment. So we are not doing that bad, you know. We can do better. That's the idea. But going back to the to summarizing your point, Jay, is for me, it's about trying to scale what I did, and I did as an angel investor. And the only way I could scale that is putting together a group of investors together, or operators, or entrepreneurs, like I said, in a firm where we make investments together. We have the skin in the game with you rather than sitting on the sidelines and just making money on the carry. Right? That's not the typical idea that we have. Our idea is we invest with you, um, uh, we invest together, you are part of the decision-making process, and, and, and we all enjoy uh, our fruits of labor. As they call it, um, as they call it. I think that's the objective. I'm sure we've got people out there that are thinking of principal investing. I'm sure they want to reach out, continue that conversation. What's the best way for people to contact you? Reach out to us. Go look look us up at um, at 369growth.com. Um, definitely, um, you know, reach out to me on my email. Um, there are different ways to uh, reach out through the website as well. So, all right, and I will put that in the show notes. Make it easy for people to contact you. Vic, I want to thank you for being such a, a great guest with a really, uh, I think, insightful way to approach this idea of how do you do principal investing in privately held startup companies. So thank you again to my audience. Let's continue to crush it until next time.